Hi, this is Colby, and welcome to the Learn By Doing podcast. Today, we have two of my favorite people on the OSL podcast, Alan and Amanda Kendrick. Alan is an alum of the Oak School of Leadership at SAGU. Amanda is an alum of SAGU. And man, I'm just so excited, you guys, to have you on here. Thanks for being on here. Heck yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a real privilege. You guys were in Dallas this week for CMN, and we were like, hey, we got to have a conversation with you guys. Because I felt like, Brian felt like you guys are in a process, in a season that is really going to add a whole lot of value to our listeners and, and is really going to give a whole lot of insight because, man, the heart behind the Oak School of Leadership, the heart behind this podcast is learn by doing. Yep. And so, yeah, there's a lot of people that got a lot of theories about what you guys are doing. I think you guys being in the middle of it are actually going to have some great insight and some great advice. So you guys are planning a church. That's right. Charlton, South Carolina. No, Columbia. Cola for short, they call it. Okay. It's kind of interesting. From Cali to Cola. Uh (laughs) So, you know, we were talking about earlier how you guys are stepping into a promised land type of setting. Like if, if there was a theme right now for the season you guys are in, it's like you were kind of being a Joshua, stepping into this this calling, this promise that God has given to you. And honestly, I was like, when I was thinking about you guys, I was like, there's not a better couple to do this. Like, Alan, I'm going to say, like, you are probably one of the most magnetic people, if not the most magnetic person that I've ever met, okay? There are two things that are going to happen whenever you walk in the room, okay? The first thing is... <laughs> We don't know what's going to happen when That's you walk in the room. That's the first thing that <laughs> yeah. we know for sure. Something's going to happen. Yeah. We, re- we really don't know what's going to happen. The second thing is we know it's going to be funny and it's going to be exciting and we're going to have a good time. And, man, I love you, and I'm just so proud of you to see what God's been doing in your life uh, from the dorm of Sagu, man, to planting a church in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. There is a God for sure. <laughs> is it there, though? <laughs> You got to live a, life on the edge. Yeah, and Amanda, <laughs> too much um, space. man, you couldn't be a better fit for Alan as a as a team. Like you're just so wise. Every conversation I have with you and I've had with you, I just walk away feeling like you've just given me some great wisdom. You've given me some great structure, and we really don't know where Alan would be right now oh. if it wasn't for you. Preach, preach that. He might be in that's a jungle. A that's true. Like he might be in a jungle. Yep. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's probably, that's where I would be. <laughs> I was know? Jane. Yeah, go live with the apes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we'd go that far, man. But I mean, pretty close, pretty close. So let's let's talk about this. You guys are planning a church. Tell me a little bit about you know the vision of the church, name of the church. Kind of give us some feedback there. Well, you know, it takes a minute to figure out your niche in ministry. I mean, everybody is going to do and a similar thing. We want to get people saved. We want to get people discipled. We want to yeah. build leaders, all that stuff. So, so that's sort of like, okay, everybody's going to do that sort of great commission thing. Mm-hmm. But as you walk through life, you'll see that you lean to a specific niche. Yeah. And so the church plant really flows out of the niche that we have discovered okay. that God has created us and called us to do on this earth. So it's an expression of the Great Commission and yeah. all those things. Yeah. And the backstory behind that is we see that Jesus activates people from this black and white life mm-hmm. to this life in full color. And so I've heard a lot of people throughout all sorts of different arenas talk about how 
Christianity is is dull or boring. It's mundane. It's traditional. And every time I hear any of those words associated with our faith, I I have I always ask, are they reading the same Bible I'm reading? Yeah. Because I don't find any character in Scripture dull, boring, mundane, or traditional. I mean, it's literally the adventure of a lifetime. Yeah. You know, these guys like like Peter. I mean, he's he's a he's a fishing boat captain. Mm-hmm. He's out there with. That's, his, a, that's his buddy, a great take. You know what fishing, I'm saying? Fishing boat. Yeah. Like Forrest Gump right Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's out there in, in, in the middle of the sea. That's all he knows. And the day that he meets Jesus, yeah. the whole thing changes. I mean, it was mundane. I'll give everybody that. But after that, he's going through the entire Mediterranean, transforming communities and, and, and building churches mm-hmm. and preaching. And, you know, obviously Acts 2, 3,000 people get out of the kingdom. So what does that mean? What does that look like? We, we've seen that we do the, the same thing. We want to add this, this expression, this adventure, this mm-hmm. colorful, faith-filled life to Christians who feel like their life has become dull or to people who aren't in the faith at all who feel like their life is in black and white. So for all those reasons, we feel like the name of our church could be none other than Vivid Church. Vivid Church. Vivid Church. Love that, man. Oh, you got to love it. <laughs> because when you look through a camera lens, yeah. you focus it, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the picture gets real crisp and mm-hmm. clear and bright. And so we want to ask people when they look through the lens of their life and they're, you know, in their life with the Lord, is it a vivid picture? Is it a story that you're like, man, I, I was like, Jesus told me to do it and I did it. I didn't have the money and I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And look what God did. And there's stories that you'll tell over and over and over again that people are on the edge of their seats going, and then God did what? And yep. then you did what? And every time those stories will be vivid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really honestly couldn't think of a better name for y'all's church, for well, the right. church that God has called you exactly. to. Because, exactly. I mean, if there is an expression or if there is a word that it describes not only you guys, but what God has done through you guys, it is pretty vivid. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it is it is very clear. Yeah. Yeah. And so, man, that's awesome. And we're excited to see you guys. And, I mean, you guys, you haven't even started the church yet. You right. are no. in the process of that so that's why we felt like man this this title of stepping into the Mm -hmm. promised land or stepping into the promise was a great conversation because we've seen people there are a lot of people that give advice on the backside of the promise Mm -hmm. you know that have already gone through the battle so to speak and are like hey don't do this don't do that but that you know that's all relative. Yeah, they made it. It's all yeah, retrospect. They, yeah, 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 it's retrospect. And then there are those that are still trusting in the desert. You know, the desert is, is primary for two things. It's trusting in God's direction and trusting in God's provision. And so, you know, they're still on that side of it, and they haven't totally taken that, that faith step yet, or they're not. God hasn't brought them to that Jordan River moment, you know. Yeah. Through this conversation, we just wanted to talk about, you know, some spiritual and practical things that you guys are learning through this process. Because, again, learn by doing, and you guys are doing it, and I we just feel like, man, you guys can help us learn so much in that. So one of the questions that we had for you was, what was the moment or what was the word that God spoke to you guys like, hey, this is it. Was it a clear defining, like, hey, this is it. God is telling us we need to plant a church, and that's it. Like, yeah. was it clear, or was it kind of like a, a leading along the way? We kind of wanted to give insight. You know, we wanted insight into that. Well, you know, I think it's like everything. It's sort of both and. There was probably a two-year window where we were approached over a dozen times by people that we both knew and people we had never met before who had talked to us about church planning. 
And so over the course of two years, you have a lot of conversations that you stare at each other and go, well, is this God? You know, is, is, should we go out and plan a church? I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to do it. You're crazy. So for those that, that may not understand what mm-hmm. you just said there, right. like they're going, oh, it's church planning. Like, you know, why are you an idiot to do it? Like, why is it crazy? Well, it's crazy because you are walking out into truly the wilderness okay yeah. so like the the first part of the promised land yeah there is not there's giants a, well and, and and just on a on a practical level there's not a pre-existing organization that yeah. you're going to so yeah. everybody who walks out of osl that we're probably talking to right now yeah. they don't want to plant a church they yeah. came here to get experience to then take a job somewhere yeah. on a pre-existing church yeah so they don't want to come with alan and be a volunteer and help plant a church because then they're going to work at Starbucks. Yeah. Okay, so that's literally what makes it hard Yeah. is everybody's looking for a vocational job in ministry. Yeah. And so... And you're leaving a job. Right. You know, a good salary. Exactly. It's, well, it's security to... Yeah, it's totally security true. to trust, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're literally going from, hey, I'm secure, God has provided to... Exactly. Okay, God, every day. Exactly. Like, Correct. I'm going to have to go work for it, really. Exactly. You know, I'm going to have to go find it. You're telling me to go to this land. Now I'm going to have mm-hmm. to actually like, mm-hmm. yeah. like dig into so it. So it's truly known versus unknown. Yeah. And I'd say that's why I, I tell people, do you realize how hard it's going to be? Mm-hmm. And and so in, in all of that, if you feel like you've had a moment, which which we did, we did have a significant kind of moment inside the whole story of it, not, yeah. not just people talking to us about it. Then, then you know that you know that you know that God has asked you to do a thing. Then really the, the idiocy of it all, you're just on trust now because you're going, well, we know that God has specifically assigned us to do this assignment. So in all of that, he's got a reason for it. We, we're going to figure it out. It will be hard, but we kind of move past talking about how hard it was because if you knew it was going to be hard getting into it, then don't c- complain about how hard it's going to be mm-hmm. when you're in it. You just understand, okay, this is going to be hard. Well, then just move on and, and just, just embrace it and, and go. So I'd say that's what makes it a difficult endeavor. Really, the crown jewel moment, I would say, would be January of 2019. I took a trip to a monastery in Big Sur, California for four days. What made you What made you want to do that? Was that just like a... I'll tell that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we had felt this shift coming. Yeah. It was something was up and we felt this lifting of like, why is the Lord putting it on our heart to, mm-hmm. to do something else? Like there's no reason to leave where we are. Mm-hmm. So why are we feeling this? So Alan was going back and forth and he was all frustrated about, you know, I don't know what we're supposed to do and I can't figure it out. And finally I just said, I looked at him in the car and I said, you're going to a monastery. Yep. <laughs> and I looked it up right there in the car. We were driving to the Alabama national championship game and I looked it up and I found it and I was like, it's $500 or something like that. Yep. And he was like, well, wait, wait, wait. And I was like, nope, booking it right now, booking it right now. <laughs> and I clicked pay. I paid for it. And I said, you need clarity and wow. you need to go get a loan. Man, how great. Think about that. Oh. How great of a wife that is. Man, 100%. That she says, hey, buddy, like, no, we're not we're not playing any games here. <laughs> we ain't like, got time. <laughs> and, I mean, I think that speaks to just your wisdom and going, listen, God is speaking to you, Alan. He's speaking to me, too. Mm-hmm. But Alan, you ha- you're the one that mm-hmm. is going to lead this deal. Yeah. I'm good either way. Mm-hmm. I'm great either way. I was like, make a decision make- <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, hey, you know what, man? I would say even as a young married man, it's intimidating. You know, you guys have a little girl and God's speaking to you and you're going as a young married man, you're going, dude, am I really going to put my family through this? 
to so to have somebody that says, "Buddy, you're you're going to hear from the Lord." <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. See you later. Yep. Like, man, that's a that's a that's a huge that's a lot of wisdom and a lot of that's that's valuable. Right, and that's so I don't know if we'd be here if it wasn't for that moment, and yeah. then that moment at the monastery is where you know everything really started to get sort of nuts. So I didn't take much with me, and uh, you're you're kind of in solitude and silence for four days, which it sounds awful, but I'm telling you, I got saved. <laughs> I mean, it was the most Holy Ghost experience yeah. of, of my whole life. And hold on, let me just, let's, I just want to dive into this a little bit. Are you around like, you know, are there nuns and priests there and you're just, <laughs> you're, you know, you're going a little Pentecostal on them, you know? No, no, no. I mean, so, there were there were like your traditional monks who yeah. lived there full time. Man, they did. They there was only one I saw that was dressed up in full garb. Where everybody's probably thinking of bald people right now in some sort of yeah. white or brown robe, yeah, with a sash. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was one of those. I saw. Oh him. man, I saw him. But you he take was working pic- the you well. Need- he was working the gift shop, so it was more to <laughs> literally play to that yeah. mindset. Yeah. But all the other monks were dressed normal, which was yeah. kind of disappointing. <laughs> Man, but, why can't we get back to that? No, I mean they they were they were pretty pretty normal. So where I was, I was in this a little hermitage. So it's kind of like a cabin, but you yeah. know it's it's smaller than that. It's it's one room. Nobody else is there with you. You're overlooking the Pacific Ocean, nestled up in the mountain of Big Sur. So. You're, you're right on Highway 1 coastline. You're in a spiritual pretty moment. Magical. You're in a spiritual, spiritual thing, place. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Setting yeah. is pretty clear. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I could go on and on about it, but truly, I was just in, a, in the middle of a Bible study. I was reading a specific book uh, by John Eldridge called Waking the Dead. And then I had my journal as well. And so I was kind of journaling a lot of different things. And I specifically remember as I was journaling a prayer, you know, kind of writing what just came to my spirit and whatnot, I stopped because I felt like the Lord was giving me the next sentence. And if you write the sentence down, it's there. And I literally dropped the pen and I leaned back in my seat and I just said out loud, I'm not right. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Nope. So I'm pacing now. I get up from my seat. I'm pacing I'm talking to God. You know what? You know what movie this reminds me of? This is a bad. <laughs> this is a bad movie. But liar, liar, when he's trying to write, he's trying to write <laughs> red it. on the oh, pen because he can't. And, lie. But he can't lie, uh-huh. and he's like, yeah. Yeah. like he's trying to yeah. write red, but he won't write red. It just writes blue. And uh, I mean, it probably isn't. But I just imagine right. you just yeah. going, I'm not. I'm not. Dang it. Right. <laughs> so I'm pacing. I'm praying. I'm walking in this little hermitage, and I'm not kidding. It went on for. 30 to 45 minutes where I'm just sort of arguing out the details of what the future is about to look like. And eventually, like, you know, Jacob wrestles with the Lord, you give up and you say, okay, this is what you're asking me to do. I sit back down at the little desk, pick up my pen and write the sentence. It's time to move back to the South and plant a church. And so from there, that was the, the second week of January. I mean, it's truly been a whirlwind in all of 2019 since that one moment. So I come back and tell Amanda, I think this is what we're supposed to do. And um, we just start working through the process there. I mean, there's a hundred days, you know, that I could talk to you about of what happened inside the story. But really, that was the moment where everything shifted and we sort of went all in and said, OK, we're going to go plant a church. Yeah. Didn't really know anything at that point. Just basically knew this is what God has asked us to do, right? And yeah. we're going to be obedient to to totally. do that. Okay, so you started. You felt like that was in January. We're in we're in June right now. 
So what has been the greatest lesson that you guys have learned in this process? Because again, what we're talking about is stepping into right. this this call that God has asked you. I mean, step mm-hmm. into this land that is unknown, that you have no idea what is to come, and you're just having to take a step of faith one day at a time. And so, yeah, what is the greatest lesson? And, and Amanda, I would say, man, if you could speak to that, I think what you said earlier mm-hmm. was fantastic. If you base your yes to God on logistics, you'd never do anything. Yeah. And sometimes, I think most of the time, the Lord's asking you, will you do it? And he doesn't tell you anything about what it's going to look like, why it matters, any of that. When we were like, okay, well, the South, where? The South is pretty big, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> where do South we go? America. <laughs> yeah. So we pulled out a map. And this was just one example of how we were learning this lesson along yeah. the way is we just pointed out a few cities in the South that we thought looked like, okay, they're lighting up on the map. So we'll go visit them. So we... You know, we checked out Savannah and Raleigh and a bunch of places. It doesn't matter. But yeah. when we went to Columbia and we drove in, Alan and I just kind of looked at each other and he threw his arms in the air and said, this is what I was looking for. Well, I don't even know what that means, but this is it. We've never been here yeah. before, but this is it. And so we took the next week and prayed about it because there was another one on the table that we were kind of thinking about. And it was just like you could look up reports on the city you could get as much information as possible, but either way, you just have to follow the nudge of whatever God's telling you to do. And Columbia was lit up in our mind. Well, you don't know why. You just say yes. And then after your yes is when God starts opening up all these crazy things. You're like, wow, if I had known that before, it would have made the decision easier, you know, yeah. but yeah. it wouldn't have required any faith. Yeah. So sometimes, well, most of the time, the Lord is asking you, will you just say yes to what I'm saying without the knowledge of what I'm going to show you? Yeah, I feel like next. what you're saying is the greatest lesson is really faith. Mm-hmm. It's really faith isn't what is seen. Mm-hmm. It's what's unseen. Right. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, hey, I trust God to just take a step. We don't even know what that looks like. Right. Okay, playing in charge. Okay, well, yeah. there's no direction yeah. there. He didn't give you a one, two, three, four, five. Well, it's, that's exactly the point. It's, you know, we walk by faith not by sight yeah and so you literally won't see it yeah it, you you're not allowed to if you yeah. see it then it's not faith anymore you just see and you you react and the whole idea is you have to build the faith muscle and god's going to test you to a new level every time that it's built to a new yeah. level and so going and planting a church is a whole new faith level that we had not yet experienced but you couldn't see it none of it could make sense and so i think that's the greatest lesson that we've we've learned in all of it and there's so much provision that has yeah. come from that, like financially, a lot of cool stuff, even team members. And certain team members were having a difficult time deciding, should I go do this? And they were kind of wrestling with God. Is God speaking to me or not? And I would tell them, you, we walk by faith, not by sight. So all the things you're seeing, logistics, practicality, moving 2,400 miles away from your home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, none of that is going to make sense. But only when you say yes, which is what Amanda was saying, and you have this knowledge like in faith, I'm supposed to do this. Will you get to see anything? So one specific example was a guy named Robert, who's now going to come with us, but he was wrestling. Should I leave California and move to South Carolina? And there was one specific night in our young adult service where he was just on his knees, very emotional right there at the front of the altar And there was no altar call or anything. He just was in an impromptu, spontaneous, Holy Ghost moment, if you will. Yeah. Me and him are quite close. 
and we usually go back to my office after every young adult service. So we go back to my office and I just said, hey, what was all that about? You know, you seem pretty wrecked. And he said, well, I just decided, you know what? I can't figure it all out, but I'm going to do it. I feel like the Lord is leading me to go with you guys to go and help wow. plant this church. Wow. I don't, I have a hundred questions. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I don't know how I'm going to get there. All I know is that in my spirit, I'm supposed to do this. So that was a Wednesday night. Fast forward the clock to Monday. Yeah. Robert walks into my office. We're going into a meeting and he's chipper and he's happy and he's got, you know, this like giddy little spirit about him. And I was like, well, you look good today. What's, what's going on? And he said, he said, man, I got to tell you a story. Do you have time for me to tell you a story? And I was like, well, yeah, sit down. What's going on? And so he sits down and he goes, man, I decided I needed to tell my family that I'm, I'm going to move to South Carolina. I said, yeah, that's probably a good idea. You know, <laughs> 2,400 miles is a yeah. long way. Yeah. And he said, well, my grandmother was at the top of the list. So Saturday I go over to her house, she's cooking dinner and I have this knowledge. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to break the news to her. Yeah. We sit down for dinner and I said, well, grandmother, I'm not just here for dinner. I wanted to actually tell you something. And he said, right then. She said, wait, wait, don't, don't say anything. I actually wanted to tell you something. So she gets up out of the table, leaves the room, grabs an envelope. Of course. Sits down. It always involves an envelope with the <laughs> Lord. Hands it to him, and he opens it, and there's this letter in there. And she was like, read the letter later. Keep digging. He pulls out a check for $5,000. <laughs> of course. I told you. It's always. $5,000. Yeah. So Monday, he's telling me all this, and yeah. I said, literally, we walk by faith. Yeah not by sight. And when you say yes, yeah. then God literally turns the thing on its head. You'll never yeah. see it. It's yeah. there. It's waiting on you, but it's dependent upon your yes to get it. Yeah. And wow. so that's a, that's a team member story. That's not even our story. We have a ton of those ourselves. Yeah. I think that's the, that is the greatest lesson. Can you really trust God yeah. in all areas, in yeah. all things for well, him to do what he man, is going to do? What I keep thinking about is, it's just beyond the normal Christianity faith, which is, you know, I'm going to trust in God with this, you know, versus, hey, yeah, I'm going to leave everything. <laughs> you know, Jesus says that right. I'm going to leave everything, take up my cross, really, right. and and follow you. Uh, I'm not going to take anything with me, trusting that he will not just provide, but open the doors and hopefully your grandmother just gives you a check with five thousand dollars <laughs> in it you know an envelope man you know oh god always does things through envelopes well, and to bring yeah. it full circle yeah all these stories are vivid yeah exactly oh, that okay. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, vivid yeah, stories yeah, yeah. spiritual moment here yeah yeah you know yeah that's saying? full color baby <laughs> no i think hey but i think that's huge i think are you you know as you guys continue to write down these stories this is exactly what the yes of your of the church god's wanting to bring to columbia is yeah. is that literally what you guys just it's described it. which is which is fantastic okay so i want our listeners to understand you guys aren't just like leaving like a Starbucks job. You know, it's not, you're, you're leaving a pretty uh, well-sized church. You're, you've been investing in this young adult ministry for yeah. how many years? Four, four, four years. years now. We've four years. We've, we've been there pouring in. Yeah. And, and, and investing into this church. I mean, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you're not just, it's not like you're going, God, we didn't really have anything. Mm -hmm. And so this is a pretty, like faith is, and, and saying yes to something to move across the, country is a certain level if you're like okay yeah i'm leaving mcdonald's right. you know or i'm leaving a job that really doesn't matter but when you're leaving a family roots right. something that you've invested a lot into yeah. that that's the faith there is actually 10 times more than what you would normally think you know right. so kind of give us perspective on that we are at the largest assemblies of god church in southern california okay 
and our pastor, Pastor Mike, Karen, they would literally give us the clothes off their back. Alan is probably wearing some of his jeans right now because he <laughs> I literally am. Because that's for real. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doubting that. Because they're so so giving and amazing. So when you go, yeah, there's really no reason that we would do anything stupid like this. Yeah, <laughs> right. And really, I think that the more that I've I've lived and done this thing. Faith isn't really faith if you don't have anything to lose. Yeah, yeah. That's so good, man. you talk about what you have to walk away from. Yeah. And I think you talk about you talk about moving to the promised land. Well, the promised land doesn't look like the promised land when you're in the wilderness mm-hmm. and you're walking away from Egypt, where at least there was something. Yeah. You know, it's it's wow. it's what do you have to lose? Yeah, absolutely. And so every in every season, you know. Not to not to demean someone's level of faith at all, but yeah. walking away from what you're saying, a McDonald's to go to not discrediting McDonald's. Not, we love not, it. We exactly. love we love that. It's always yeah. what do you have to lose? Yeah. And that That's and great. that is what God you're Peter in the boat again. What do you have to lose? A business. You, yeah. you have multiple boats out here. Yeah. And, and I want you to walk away from the biggest catch you've ever seen. What do you have to lose? So faith isn't you know, what I'm going to get, it's what am I walking from? Yeah. And God is always asking you to walk from something into the unknown. Yeah. And so, you know, what we've done in California, and it's really what the Lord has done through us, but it's been it's been just, just the coolest ride. I mean, you know, we're, we're riding the kind of the line between Northern California and Southern California, so we have a really unique geographic location where we can get to the Sierra Nevada mountains where— they're 14,000 feet. It's, it snows, I don't know, five or six feet in the wintertime, and you can snowshoe all day. You can ski. You can do all that. That's an hour and a half from our, our house. Yeah. And then, it, and then the beach is an hour and a half the other direction. So you can snowshoe in the morning, and you can surf in the afternoon. With all of that, you have this, this really cool group of people yeah. that we found in Visalia, and we specifically took on that young adult ministry. You know, four years ago, yeah, we, we were asked to, to do that with our pastor, we we started just getting after it with seven young adults. That was yeah. our first service, and uh, we just kept preaching, discipling, building services, community, and you know, built a young adult ministry that's still going, yeah. even though we're not there. And you know, it we ran anywhere from 150 to 200 people in any given yeah, week which of is, time, which is tremendous so, for a young adult ministry. Oh, it um, was awesome! It was yeah. such a good time, and all of that, you know, getting to see young adults saved you know one of them came in one night and he had just smoked a bowl of weed and uh, i think he did it in our parking lot he gets i preach and he actually responds to the salvation altar call he gets saved uh goes through our growth track yeah. gets discipled i baptize him four to six weeks later something like that and he says hey i want to keep going i said we'll serve on a team volunteer somewhere so he serves on a team he says hey i want to keep going what else is there and i said well we have a our own little leadership school and he goes okay i want to do that so he does that and he said, can I intern with you? I said, yeah, let's intern with me. So he interns with me for two years, becomes one of our top people, sits on our lead team there in the young adult ministry. We actually got to send him off to Portland, and he got hired as a media pastor. Wow, super so, cool, man. Yeah, so it's stuff like that yeah. where it's that's one individual, but yeah. you're getting to see that person develop from salvation to pastoral yeah. ministry and every step in between to be able to see that. That's, that's yeah. ministry. That's real-time 
impact, and now he's actually going to move to South Carolina with us. So oh, so, the super full cool, man. Well, and I think, there. man, it's those it's that type of stuff that prepares you for the face step that you guys are taking right now, mm, you right. Know, the journey that you guys have. Okay, so I got one more question on the spiritual, and then we'll get to the practical. Okay, so a lot of the students within our program, and just a lot of the listeners, this may help them. So what advice would you give to yourself in college to prepare you for this faith step now? Because I know for myself, when I was in college, I wasn't thinking about church yeah. planning. I know right. you weren't thinking about church yeah. planning. I know that you weren't going like, hey, yeah, man, I'm going to I'm gonna pack up my stuff with with my wife and my baby right. girl, and I'm going to move across the country and, and, and plant this church that we feel like God has asked us to. Uh, you want to go plant. first or you want me to go first? Well, I, I was going to say something totally against what everyone else would say. Do it. Don't make a pros and cons list <laughs> for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every decision that comes along. People get all, especially college students, whatever, they want to make the right decision. They're just real worried about that. And so they make all these lists and they're trying to be wise and that's all good. Yeah. But when you're in tune with the Lord, which that's a requirement, you're going to have to spend time with Jesus and, and, and listen to him and talk to him. You get real familiar with what we always call the nudge. Yeah. And the nudge outweighs the pros and cons. Because yeah. like I said earlier, I used to do that. I used to make lists of like, well, if I did that, then this is all the good that could come and this yeah. is all the bad that could come. And none of that matters. If the Lord's telling you to do it, just say yes and go do it. There are so many times that I over, you know, overthunk, as we would say, <laughs> I overthunk it. And I, I might have missed something that I should have done, but because I made so many pros and cons lists, the cons scared me enough to where I didn't do it. And, yeah. um, you just never know what's what's could happen if you just followed the nudge you yeah. just were in tune with the lord and just said yes despite your fears well mine i think is a pretty strong thing that i would tell myself and of course i'd say it to anyone else do not ignore suffering yeah what do you mean by that explain that i think that at least for millennials they were brought up in such a way where they were told you can be anything you want to be when you grow up you might be the next celine dion you might be the next uh, man on the moon you could be the next president of the united states so everything was this pie in the sky type thing and you you set your sights on this path that would be ultimately successful in some fashion you combine that with all like the social media craze of the day where people are only posting the most successful versions of themselves all over the social sphere. And you end up with a group of people who think that I can be anything I want without hardship and I can actually show the world that I I am whoever I want to be without any kind of suffering attached to it. And all of it's just a freaking lie. So (laughs) what we've actually tried to do and what I see a lot of people doing is they insulate their life away from any type of suffering as if we're going to experience the Garden of Eden in some age here on earth. They are aiming for that in every way, shape, form, fashion. But the Garden of Eden died in the Garden of Eden. So to to do that would actually be to ignore the Garden of Gethsemane, which is literally the word for crushing that Jesus kneels down in the night before he's going to be crucified. And that's the garden that we live in now. That as a college student, when we were told, join Christianity, pain ends right here. You experienced that when you crossed into the world of Christianity, that pain still existed. That there was still stuff you had to struggle through and deal with. In fact, some of it may have even hurt in a different way harder than some of the stuff you dealt with before. Now, Jesus saves and he heals and all that stuff's great and wonderful and awesome. And I'm not against any of that. Yeah. And that's what we preach and that's what we live for. Yeah. But at the same time, 
there are things that are naturally going to be against you. There's an adversary at work against you who yeah. prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. To just believe that that's not happening or it doesn't exist or that yeah. suffering is not a part of life is to, to, to live in this sort of state where you think that all things might just happen because you're you. Mm-hmm. And it's a rude awakening when you wake up and you realize that there are Job-like seasons. It feels undeserved. Yeah. And it feels like, I don't know why this is all happening. Yeah. And all you need is a pat on the back that says, this is the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Don't give up well, and, and don't wanna... stop. Just keep going through the middle of all that. It's, it's Gethsemane. Yeah. And I want to tie all this together one more time. We were at Best Buy one day. And we were looking at TVs, and this guy said, oh, let me show you the best TV we've got. He takes us over to it, and he says, this is the best TV on the market. I said, why? And he said, well, look at the blacks. They're the blackest blacks of any TV. They don't get any blacker than that. There's deep, dark color of black. I'm like, well, what does that matter? He said, well, all the colors are a whole lot more vivid mm-hmm. against black, the deepest black. So honestly, suffering, the blackest black seasons that you go through, they're necessary for making the reds pop your life yeah. and the yellows more vivid yeah. and the stuff that you're going through to be that much more colorful. So we don't hate the black. We embrace the black. Yeah, that's it. That's great. We well, live in vivid, baby. <laughs> it's vivid church. It's vivid church. Just you know what I'm saying? You guys time. are fantastic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a reason why I had, we had wanted you on this podcast. You know that'll preach coming and going, listen to my <laughs> Well, wife. and I think, too, <laughs> what I, w- black season of your life. <laughs> What I think about whenever I heard you, you you were talking was just how the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world and how God says to enter through the narrow gate. Right. Like, I think a lot of times we think the path of least resistance is the path to success. Right. When in reality, and I'll give credit to John Maxwell on this, mm-hmm. everything worthwhile is uphill. And you look at the cross of Jesus, which is uphill. You right. know, you look at just how many times in Scripture we see suffering, and and not that we should encourage it or seek it out, but we know that it's coming. But mm-hmm. the promise that we have is not that God will eliminate suffering; He will whenever He comes back for sure. Exactly. Right. That. Mm-hmm. But the promise we have is that He's with us in the midst of the suffering, Correct. and that He has suffered the same, if not more, than us. And so that's a great deep lesson for a college student. You know, and I think, too, in college, I know it was for me, you, you feel like you're making a, a significant sacrifice financially. I mean, you, you're making a sacrifice for sure. The reality is, is that that's just one step towards the real life stuff that you're going to have to face whenever you walk out of totally. college. You know, I mean, I think everything is relative to our situation. But yeah, I, I, I think what you guys are saying is huge in the sense of, man, we can't ignore it. We can't run from it. We actually probably need to run to it and we need to embrace it and know that it's just a season yeah. and, and it's going to actually bring a whole lot of meaning in life to what we're doing. Even if the suffering is meaningless, that doesn't mean that God didn't have a meaning for it. Okay, great spiritual sessions on those. You guys, Amanda's just bringing it all back to Vivid. I mean, come on. Tying everything back together. Okay, so we're going to hit some practical things right now, and you guys can spend as much time as you want on it, but I don't think it'll be too long. Some of our listeners, they may not know what is the process for going about planning a church. You know, I mean, I think there some people may know there are a lot of different umbrella organizations. You have the ARC Church Planning Network. You have the Church Multiplication Network associated with Assemblies of God. But if I if I was like, hey, tomorrow I feel like God's telling me to, to start a church. What, what do I do? What advice do you guys have? What's the first step? What do you you know, how do you even get going? Well, I mean, there's 
with who we're we're under, which is CMN. Okay. They would give you, I'm not kidding, something like 84 steps to plant a church. So, so truly, really, there's a so, list. Yeah. So really, it's like, hey, whatever kind of covering you feel like mm-hmm. your God is leading you totally. to, like they, you you want that. Correct. They give you this in this this vast vast list. But honestly, a lot of those things are stuff you're only going to do one time. Yeah. You know. You're 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 gonna apply for a five hundred one c three. You're gonna get an IEM number from the IRS. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna incorporate in the state that you're going to. So stuff like that's really boring, but it's yeah. logistical. You only do it once. The two biggest things that no matter who you are, what you're doing, that you gotta have are people and money. <laughs> so no matter what, every single person who's wanting to plant a church, you have to look at can you fundraise? Okay. Yeah. And fundraise. I've heard a number today, which was up to $500,000. Yeah. So can you fundraise up to $500,000? And do people want to follow you? That's the people part. You're, you're, you're wanting to build a church because you're wanting to bring Christ to people's lives. Yeah. And so you're wanting a group, a gathering of people who are attending together, yeah. doing life together. That's, that is a church. Yeah. So can people rally around the vision that you bring to the table in any given specific season of life? And if they've never gathered around a vision that you have, it may not be the best endeavor for yeah. someone to go down. Yeah, well, and I think, too, if you're really hearing from the Lord, he's going to guide you into that. He's not going to ask you to do, right. do something you're incapable of doing. Yes, I think there is a fa- there's definitely a faith step to oh, it. Oh, for sure. Um, from what I hear, and, and I'll just kind of wrap up that question, is there's a whole lot of one things that you got to do one time, which if you go into the right covering you know, you're listening, there's, there's a ton of umbrellas. So there's the ARC oh, Association of Related Churches. There's Church Multiplication Network. Do Go what? with CMN. Yes. Yeah, CMN. <laughs> uh, shout out. There's a whole lot there that you guys can go, go to to, mm-hmm. to look at that. Essentially, you, you need to raise a significant amount of money, and right. you need to have some people that are, are tied to that vision. Really, the last question that I think I have for you guys is pretty simple. Where do you start? Okay. So like God, God spoke to you and said, Hey, here's this thing. Is that where you start? If you start feeling this nudge or pull or, Hey, maybe it's not even to plant a church, maybe to volunteer with a church, you know, like, is it, is it really just what everybody says in terms of, Hey, just go pray and hear from the Lord, you know, wrestle with God. And then what's the step after that? Is it continue to pray and hear from the Lord? Or was there like, hey, yeah, we know we're going to call CMN and that's pretty much it. Or, hey, yeah, we know we're going to join this church plan or whatever. Does that make, does that question make sense? It's specifically related to church planning yeah. where you start? Yeah. I mean, it is classic, but we are really big in Amanda's a time or two already, but you, you know, you have to follow the nudge. Yeah. And even when we were here, I'll, I'll go back to, to when we were dorm pastors 2013 to 2015 at SAGU, we at near the end of that season, felt like God was asking us to be dorm pastors to a community we would all know yeah. as a young adult pastor. Yeah, and a lot of people thought we were absolutely insane because most churches don't hire an exclusive young adult pastor; they usually do youth and young adults. Yeah, but for us, going back to the nudge, every time that we prayed, young adult ministry just kept hitting us. I mean, forward and backward. Well geographically we were like well where are we going to take this what are we going to do and the state of california just lit up like a christmas tree and we started to pray on that pretty hard and the story's vast and long and to shorten it all up we bumped into pastor mike robertson in the cafeteria at sagu he was 
the lead pastor of a church in Southern California who did not have a young adult pastor, and he wasn't even looking for one. And yeah. as he prayed about it after he met us, he contacted us three weeks later and said, I don't know why. I don't even have this position opened, and either you're going to take it or we're going to shut this search down right now. But I feel compelled to ask you, would you like to be young adult pastors? Wow. And the rest is history. So as simple as you made it, is it really going and praying and seeking God? Honestly, yes. But I'd say that's with everything in life, you know. A lot of the things may not take as much prayer. A lot of the things may not, you know, should you volunteer for your church? Yes, yeah, stop praying about that. Do it. Do it. Yes, serve. Okay, done. Should I yeah. give to my church? 100%. Yes, now, right? Next Sunday when they take up the offering, stick, stick some money in the bucket. Okay, done. But there's other things where you're trying to figure out sort of the destiny that God has for you, that, that specific niche that we mentioned in the beginning. Where is he taking us? Where is he leading us? What's the journey? What's the path? A lot of that is praying and sensing. It's all feel. It's intangible. It's a, it's an, a grace. It's an anointing. It's all that stuff that you add it up and you go, I can't necessarily explain it. Yeah, it's faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, but it's, it's, a, it's a substance. Again. So faith is a yeah, substance. Yeah, exactly. It's that. Right? It's a substance that we just cannot see. Mm-hmm. The totally. Holy Spirit. You know, yeah. you can't see it. You can't explain it mm-hmm. to the world. It seems like foolishness. But to a believer and to a Christian, and especially someone who's who's thinking about doing ministry and is doing ministry, it's it's being sensitive to know that this is a partnership with your Father in heaven. It's not you making the call. Right. It's and not, can, I, yeah. can I tie it one more? Yeah. So back in 2010, so it's 2019 yeah. now. Okay, so yeah. 2010, I am wrestling in Alabama at 18 years old trying to figure out, is the nudge to stay in Alabama yeah. or is it to go to this dubious program called OSL. Yeah. And I don't want to go into ministry, by the way. So I'm going to go to a music internship if I do it. So the nudge happened then in 2010, and I do end up going to that music internship. Now, now watch. I'm not a worship pastor today, okay? Yeah. That's 2010, and I followed that nudge. Fast forward the clock nine years later. Now that church, the Oaks, is parenting us in our new church plan. Yeah. So Huge. sometimes in the moment, in the moment, make right sense. there, that, that, that first semester, no, I don't want to be a worship pastor. I'm not here for that. In those first two years, it didn't pan out. You know, I'm not a worship pastor. Nine years later, what God saw, no, I'm going to have the Oaks parent you because you were sons and daughters of the house. So the move wasn't a career move that I could see. Yeah. But if you fast forward the clock, God would tie those seasons back together, but it would be over a nine year span of time that he would link it all in. Man, that's huge, especially a step of faith without having other steps of faith that are tied into it, supporting it. Mm -hmm. You know, like God is, he's, he knows what he's doing and you can trust him. And now for you guys looking back on the, those small nudges, you're going, dude, God has, supported and supplied and been faithful oh. every step of the way. So even this, this totally. journey, this journey moving forward is, Hey, even though it's a little, there's, there's bigger giants, there's, you know, there's more right. unknown. We can trust and have faith that man, God took care of me whenever I was wanting to, didn't know if I was going to go into a music internship or whatever, you know, something right. that is pretty big there. But again, it's like, that wasn't the career move you were thinking about, Correct. you know, and and most people, especially in college going in, you're going, hey, I'm going to be a worship pastor my whole life. And that's not the point. The point is, hey, just listen to mm-hmm. the first step and, and God will direct it all. I have okay. a more practical answer do real it. quick because we didn't actually answer that question. I'll do it. 
um, of like the next step to church planning. I think that once you get the nudge of you're supposed to do it, and that's when you start figuring out the city that you're going to love okay. and that God's calling you to go to. Yeah. And we always yeah, kind of make fun of lovingly in a Christ, Christ-like way. We make fun of this church planner that we talked to a while back. And he's like, man, you just got to love your city. You just got to fall in love with wherever God's sending you. It's got to be awesome. You know, I, I'm moving to San Diego to plant a church because I just love my city. We're like, yeah, everybody Body wants to, want to. Everybody <laughs> wants to go to San yeah, Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Real hard yeah, choice I'm, I there. I love Hawaii, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, you just, go just got to really sacrifice, fall in love in with your city. <laughs> but just to practice some practical advice, if you do feel called to plant a church, is just get the U.S. map out and pray over it and then wait for something to pop up that yeah. you circle. You wow. circle it and you go, I'm going to go visit. Go pray over that city. And if you feel it, you feel it. If you don't, you don't. Move on yeah. to the next one. Wow. Okay, so if we have anybody that wants to give or support you guys, because whether they know you or don't know you, where can they go? What can they do? How can how can they contribute to what you guys are doing? Well, like I said, the Oaks is our parent church, so they set up text to giving. Okay. So you would text 45777, and then you would text in the subject amount. So a million dollars. A million <laughs> space. <laughs> the the word. numbers, though. Yep. Yep, you'd write out. This <laughs> sounded like Doctor yeah. Evil yeah. of Goldman. Uh-huh. One million. <laughs> yep. uh-huh. So we'll just use this. You'd, you'd write out a, a hundred one zero zero space Oaks space Vivid. Okay, so it's four five amount, seven. Yeah, four five seven seven seven. Yep, the amount Oaks, Oaks Vivid. Oaks Vivid, and that's okay. two words: a space after the numerical amount, and then after the word Oaks. Okay, if they can't, if they're textingly challenged, yes. Mm-hmm. Do they go to the website? Can they go to the Oaks website and yep. give? And you guys have a pull down there. Yep. You, you'd select the drop down menu. Okay. And you'd go missions designated, and then you would select Vivid Church. Vivid Church. And you can give there. Okay. Awesome. Amanda, yeah. Alan, thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast. We love you, and we're going to be praying for you as you guys continue to step into this promise that God has for you. Again, if you guys ever need anything, please just know that we're here, we're supporting you, and and hopefully, man, we can continue to send people to you guys as a volunteer for the church plant, baby. Bring them on. (laughs) You know, Um, but also, man, anytime that we can have you guys in the area, we want to get you on the podcast and hear all that God is doing because you guys are just full of wisdom and, and full of vivid Mm. there it is Mm -hmm. there it is we love you (laughs) hey thanks for joining the podcast we truly hope that this content blessed you and was helpful for you as you are stepping into the promise that god has for you if you want more information about cmn or vivid church or the oak school of leadership you can click into the podcast below and we have all the information there if you're looking to contribute to Vivid Church again, you can go to oaks.church and click give and go to the giving section and missions and, and you'll find Vivid Church there. If you have any questions, you can email us at oaksleadership.com. We'd be happy to help. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.